From the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. We're with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Matt Daniels is here. Scott Ritchie is here. Bob Osmussen is here. We think. And I'm here. He's uh, currently texting some. My wife. I don't want to get in trouble. She's not listening to the show. Telling her to turn the radio on, that her husband's on the radio. Nah, she doesn't Chris listen. Thomas is with us, Illinois volleyball coach, going into the uh, final week of the regular season on a little bit of a winning streak, a three-match winning streak. How are you feeling? feel good. I mean, I always feel good. Just, you know, whether or not we win or not doesn't necessarily change my mood, but uh, <laughs> it does sometimes. It depends how we play. But uh, I, I was in the press conference earlier today, and I've been proud of our team all year. You know, we've, we've dealt with some adversity. Uh, we knew l last year was last year, and this year was going to be this year. And, uh, you know, we, we, we went through some lineups, and we had to see what we had. And, uh, you know, we, we had some really tough matches that didn't, we, we didn't come out on, on top of. And I told the seniors at the beginning of the year this would be a lot more like 2017 than it would be like last year. And uh, sure enough, here we are battling for, you know, a spot to get in the tournament. And when you play in the best conference in the country, every, they're going to put you to the test week in and week out. And uh, we, we've been put to the test, and we're playing some good volleyball right now and, and happy to, to do so. How are you feeling about your chances for the tournament? I feel good. Uh, you know, the weekend sweep definitely helps. Uh, you know, win against Maryland at Maryland, win at Ohio State, uh, with Ohio State being on the bubble as well. So it's nice when you can have those wins. Uh, we've played really well against other top-ranked opponents. Uh, our strength of schedule is top 15 in the country, and uh, RPI is still in a respectable range. So I feel good about our chances. You know, we have to do well. This week against Northwestern, uh, Wednesday at home, 7.30, last home match. Uh, so if you're out there, senior night, and uh, come out and support us for our, our last home match. And then we play him again on a, on a unique turnaround and three days later in, uh, up at Northwestern. What's this week like for the players in particular? No classes, Thanksgiving break. Obviously, you still have two very important matches. Just what are, What's their time like? in the next few days ahead of Wednesday night's match at all? A lot easier, obviously, <laughs> without the class schedule coming into play. Uh, you know, we don't get that time other than when we train right before when school starts. So uh, that's our biggest time when there's no distractions. So I think this is a good time to kind of reset and reload and uh, making sure we stay fresh. And obviously, there's, there's not the pressure of having to finish the midterm or the paper or anything like that. And they're just able to focus on what we're doing and uh, able to get in the gym and just get better and uh, you know, it, we're in the spot to, to have some matches to win to, to make a tournament. So. What, are, what are their plans on Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving we host. So okay. they come over. Um, Do you cook? I've, I've already been asked, what am I cooking? I cook everything? No, I don't cook everything. <laughs> I said I coach. I, that's what I do on Thanksgiving. I still coach. 
no, we, we, we uh, cater from local restaurant, and then uh, we make a few extra sides. And uh, I think tonight they're actually they're doing their Friendsgiving, so okay. a little team bonding for them. And uh, No, but we have everyone come over, staff, managers, everyone else, and we get about 40 people over at the house, and uh, we'd have a good time. And uh, Thursday happens to be a day off, so no practice beforehand, but traditionally there's practice beforehand. Uh, especially if we play Friday, Saturday, but today's Wednesday, or this week's Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, Saturday. Well, what's the Thomas specialty on Thanksgiving? Oh, Thomas specialty, uh, stuffing. Okay. Stuffing. And, and some, some of you know, my parents just moved to town here, and uh, my mom makes the best stuffing out there. So she'll be making it this year. I'll be, <laughs> again, I'll be coaching. <laughs> so two important matches this week, and if you win them both, finish 12-8 and eight in the Big Ten, is that – Maybe kind of, you know, could that be the biggest part of your NCAA tournament resume is, you know, that, that Big Ten record? Yeah, uh, you know, the Big Ten, you know, for the last decade or so has been the toughest conference and consistently seven, eight teams out of the Big Ten make it in uh, or nine teams. And then you usually see five or six teams make it to the Sweet 16. And, uh, you know, kind of like we did in 2017, we went through the whole year. We were never ranked in, in the top 25 and able to go to Washington and, and do really well. Uh, out west and, and make it to the Sweet 16, but uh, I think yeah, the resume for being in the in the Big Ten uh, is a big deal. Uh, and uh, there's been teams that have finished uh, under 500, which obviously isn't a possibility for us. But uh, you know, usually our pre-conference record strong. Uh, we're still in the top 25. We just uh, rankings came out today. We're number 24. Like I said, RPI is still good. That's usually the number to look at more. But they take they they take strength of schedule into consideration as well, and that's where the Big Ten comes into play. How many Big Ten teams do you think will host? Is that going to be three, four, or good more question? Than that? Yeah, I th I'm probably four. I think right four. now, if I'm looking at the rankings and how the RPI kind of uh, schedules out, Nebraska, Wisconsin, uh, Penn State, Minnesota, probably looking at your four hosts. Purdue's on the edge of, of hosting as well, but I think they're just outside of that range. Any chance you'll get sent to one of those other conference schools, or do they try to avoid that? Usually, they try to avoid okay. that. So, which I'm okay with. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, but really, I don't care. We'll, we'll right. be happy to make it. Uh, you know, it's, we we got to take care of business this week, for sure. We, I'm not putting us in the tournament by any means, but right. we got to still play. You know, that, that, a hot Northwestern team. They just won back-to-back -back matches uh, for the first time in a while, and, and they're playing some good ball. So we can't fall asleep at the wheel, and got to make sure we bring our best on Wednesday to have a shot to make it uh, to selection show on uh, Sunday. Any questions here at the Esquire for Chris Thomas? We've got him until about 5.30 today. Raise your hand. I'll get a microphone around to you. Phone line is open as well, 356-9397. You mentioned senior night. Not a big senior class, but you've got four. Talk about them and uh, what they've meant uh, to your program. Yeah, we got uh, Jacqueline Quaid, Caroline Welsh, Beth Prince, and Ashton Fleming, and all of them have played a tremendous role for us. Uh, one way, shape, or form. I mentioned them today in the press conference as well. You got Jack, who's been an All-American for us and carried a heavy load for us this year. Uh, Beth Prince, who's been an emotional leader for us since day one. Uh, Caroline Welsh, who's been steady in the ball control uh, department, both with the serve, passing, and defense. And then you got Ashton Fleming, who's transferred to us and has played every every week of the season. Has played a bigger, bigger role and uh, done a tremendous job for us. So. Special senior class, you know, the three that I mentioned at the beginning there have been with me since day one. And, uh, you know, I uh, back to memory lane real quick today in the press conference when we're, you know, it's, it got hired on, I think, February, mid-February. And the very next morning, I 
get through all this and I'm I get to the you know at 10 o'clock at night before our first practice I was like I have not planned practice yet <laughs> <laughs> so much had gone on and you know I, my I still have my first practice was scribbled out on the on the hotel uh, stationery and I remember that first morning as clear as anything and those those three players were there uh, st stuck with us through you know thick and thin and uh, had some great experiences and we still have a couple of weeks or more for for some more great experiences Got a question back here in the audience. I understand Northwestern has a very good freshman outside hitter. What can you tell us about her? Yes, they do. Uh, Temi, Temi for short. Temi, Temi Thomas Alara, I think is her full name. But uh, she's a phenomenal freshman, uh, you know, physical player, hits the ball really hard, um, and uh, carries a heavy load for them. And and uh, you know, but it's like any good any player in our conference. Every team has someone. Who's you got to slow down? You're not going to stop them, but you got to slow them down and and to have a chance at, at getting a win. So, we're used to playing against teams that have great hitters, and uh, just another challenge for us here this week. Other than Ashlyn Fleming, how's the health on the rest of the girls? Because they know she's not going to get cured. But what about the other girls? Yeah, it's, that have been it's hurt? pretty. It's pretty good. This is when this time of year helps when it slows down a little bit with school and they have more chance for rehab. And uh, you know, we already kind of uh, know. Uh, we got to tinker with some lineups there in the last uh, these last couple weeks just to see, uh, just in case if we had to, to rest more players. But uh, everyone's been feeling good, and uh, you know we found a lineup that's uh, probably what we're going to roll with from here on out. And uh, but it, we've we got to see a lot of players this year, and we feel comfortable in case we need someone to step in and play that they're able to come in and play. But uh, everyone's good right now. Your setter Diana Brown won another Big Ten honor uh, weekly honor today. Just what is her play? meant to this team in particular and how have you seen her progress from the start of the season to where you guys are at now yeah good you know she got she registered last year obviously behind jordan and got to see jordan in that environment and uh you're not just going to replace jordan or no one's going to just replace ally and it doesn't work that way she you have to still come in you have to build your unit um or your team the way you know you see fit and they all have to grow together as the weeks go on it's not just a you know a plug and play as as you may wish it to be that everyone is going to bring a different dynamic and uh you know for a freshman uh she's been doing great but not just for a freshman for any player she's been doing great and uh steady improvement throughout the weeks and always upping her game uh every time we stepped on the floor so a year ago at this time and really the only intrigue was whether or not you'd be a top four national seed and you know get to host all the way through uh the regional round i mean now there's a little more you know question even as, as good as you feel about your NCAA tournament resume, how is that different, maybe just in a year's time? And how, how do you handle that? How do you maybe want the players to handle that? Yeah, again, I think this is the benefit of playing in the conference that we do. And uh, I set up our pre-conference play to kind of test us a bit. Uh, we definitely got tested. You know, the teams we played at the beginning are all tournament teams right now. Uh, UCF just won their conference. Washington's at the top of the Pac-12. Uh, you know, Illinois State's been doing great. Uh, so all the teams that we've been playing throughout, you know, the, the course of the year has been good. So obviously we like to be hosting. I would like to have, you know, a, a filled huff into a first round of playoff. Uh, that goes without saying. But I also feel very comfortable being in different environments and being able to compete with the group that we have. They're all used to it. They've all been in this for a bit. And uh, in some respect, it's, it helps us quite a bit because if we go to a visiting gym and all of a sudden the visiting gym has – a, a crowd because they're all of a sudden in the tournament or, or whatnot. We're used to playing in those environments. Uh, we just played at Maryland. They had about 2,500 in their gym. We just played at 
Ohio State, they had about the same. So we're used to those environments, and I'm comfortable taking our team wherever uh, we may get sent. Again, we got to take care of business this week. But if if we get there, and I'll I'll trust I'll trust us through through wherever they're going to go. Let's give me the court, six players, the net, and let's go. So you could play right out here on in front of Walnut. Yeah, well, the ceiling saying. might be a little bit low, but. Uh, <laughs> But if you set one up, we'd figure it out. Is, is anyone on your staff, you know, an expert bracketologist at all and, and really crunching the numbers and, you know, no, no, doing the potential hypotheticals? Or are they, mm, they, they b fully believe in your mantra of, you know, one day at a time? You know, it's, yeah, it's got to be that way. It's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's, I saw, uh, I was going to ask Brad earlier, they just put up 120 points on Hampton, right? Was that who they played? Yeah. And I was going to ask Brad, how do you score 120 points? He, I didn't ask him that, but I'm pretty sure his answer would be one possession at a time. <laughs> same, same type Good. of concept, yeah. So it, it's still the same deal. And, and uh, yeah, we're, yeah we'll, we'll look at the RPIs and we'll look at the rankings and stuff like that um, just to see, you know, what could go on. But you, you don't have any idea what they're thinking. It depends how many teams get host, um, you know, host bids from the Big Ten uh, it might depend on who you play pre-conference. So they may not they may not play us against Marquette if Marquette's hosting because we've already played in this year. Um, they try to take those things in consideration. So selection shows uh, Sunday night at 7:30. It's on ESPNU. I'm sure you'll have another big gathering at your house to to watch all that. Once the selection show's done and the celebration and everything like that, how soon do you and your staff just start prepping? for your first-round opponent in the NCAA tournament? As soon as I'm done answering questions from you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, again, I, I, I'm not overlooking Northwestern here. They're a great team, and, and uh, our next match is on Wednesday at home. But yeah, once, once we get there and let's say it all works out, then it's literally about once I'm done answering questions is when we start prepping. Take me back to last year since you w lived through that and, you know, you're, you didn't face Northwestern. You had a few days to, to prepare, and you kind of knew – what you're going to get, but what does that prep look like come Sunday night into Monday morning? Just you and the staff, just is it evaluating film of the other team? Is it getting scouting reports ready? Yeah, uh, we have an open open uh, uh, film mm -hmm. database that okay. we're allowed to look at. So I can literally look up any team in the country right now. We can just go see what they're doing. Um, so once selection does come down and you see your first matchup, the first thing you do is go do download the film and just make sure you're ready for, for the team that's coming up. So... Uh, but with that being said, I think, the, uh, the, again, the benefit of being in the Big Ten and, and the, the benefit of being in preseason conference like we were this year is we've seen lots of different styles of play. And so the adjustments that we make at this time of year are very minimal because it was like, oh, yeah, this is like playing, you know, so-and-so. There's very few systems that we haven't seen already. Uh, and so, like I said, if, you know, God willing, get through the week here, then, then uh, Sunday happens great, and then we'll be ready for uh, the opponent after that. Coach, it's been a while since we've had you on. Any news on the groundbreaking of your new arena? Uh, no. Bob's, Bob's been... <laughs> I'm just wondering. I've been chomping the video. I ask you. Uh, no. Don't know anymore. <laughs> I know I still have three kids. Uh, my wife still loves me, and uh, my parents moved to Champaign. That's where I'm at right now. Team's doing okay. We're, we're trying to get one, one, one pass better right now. That's what I, I know. I'll ask you next time I see you. Yeah, yeah. I, that's really the answer, though. So <laughs> I wish I could help you there more. That's right. Yeah. Got a question out here. Go ahead, Joe. Coach, uh, recently in this venue, we've heard from the weight training coaches for the men's basketball and the men's football program. My question to you is, do you use weight training, weight room? Uh, do, the, do the young ladies like doing that? Do they do it? Tell us about that. Oh, absolutely. So uh, it's, I think it's one of the big strengths that we have. Our strength coach, Emily Schilling, excuse me, 
and uh, she's with them almost more than we are because once we go into summer break, uh, spring and summer break, we don't, we're not allowed to coach them at all. We don't have contact with them in the summer, but our strength coach and uh, Maggie, our athletic trainer, they do. They see them every day in the summer, um, and it's voluntary lift, and, and uh, they're here for school anyway, so they're lifting all year-round. So, yeah, it's a big deal for us, and the strength staff overall at Illinois is great. They all collaborate and uh, do great things for all the athletes. But, yeah, we're, it's, it's a big deal for us. You know, our sport works pretty hard and fast, and we need to be really quick. And we need to be really powerful. So it's, it's a big deal to me. And they lifted weights this morning at 9 a.m. And we'll lift weights, weights tomorrow at 9 a.m. as well. So, Do you see that ever changing in the NCAA where you guys are going to have some contact with them during the summer? Uh, from the coach's standpoint, we're pushing for it just a little bit. Um, I don't think it's out of the question. Uh, right now it comes down to you know student-athlete welfare and some other things. But if they're here already for, um, for summer school, you know, it, it, we, you can think we can work with them for at least a few days a week. And we're not pushing for much. We're just trying to get, I think, two, three days a week and for about eight hours a week uh, for playing. I think that's the difficulty uh, with, that we have to go through specifically with our sport because we have about 17 practices, total practices, not even days, total practices before we have our first game. And it's pretty tough once you have those first games and then you got to keep improving on your as you're prepping for opponents and how, as you're trying to get better. So the larger groups that you bring in, the more difficult it is to integrate everyone and to get systems in play um, and kind of going from there. So really you're trying to, uh, you know, from the recruiting aspect, well, I'm trying to get our classes evened out a little bit more so we're not bringing in large groups of people. And um, that's kind of a long-term thing for me. But uh, that's when spring training is really important. That's when it's – they stay around for the summer, and uh, they do open gyms, and it's you know up to the older players to pass down to the younger players about how we operate. So that's when it becomes a big deal for me. Is there a particular challenge to playing a team twice you know, this week, as maybe opposed to when you did it uh, first weekend of the season against Tennessee? Yeah, I, I think you know that's part of the reason why we wanted to do that because this this year's brought up a few uh, instances where we played a team within about ten days of each other. I think we did it with Minnesota again with Michigan, and uh, and then now with Northwestern. So we did it at the very beginning of the year with Tennessee, where we played a back to back, and it's not like we're going to improve greatly over one day on the in between practice that we have. But it's more about maybe what tactical change would you make. Um, obviously, we're going to go play here in Huff and then up there in, uh, at Northwestern. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll, we're ready to, to have a turnaround, and you'll see what was able to happen. But, uh, you know, I'll go back to our original mantra, serving tough. And if we can serve tough, it, a lot of people can't game plan for that. So uh, we'll, we'll keep harping on that here. So that's Wednesday night, Huff Hall, 730, senior night. Senior night, yep. So come out and watch the volleyball team as they get set for postseason action. Appreciate your time, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. You Thanks, bet. Coach. Chris Thomas, Illini volleyball coach, with us here at the Esquire. We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk some Illinois football, Illinois basketball as well here on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Back after this. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS, live from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign. Catch every game at the Esquire this season from the Illini to the NFL Sunday ticket. Back with you at the Esquire, Monday Night Sports Talk until 6 o'clock. 356-9397 is the phone number if you're listening on your way home. Give us a call or stop by the Esquire. By the way, 
A week from tonight, we will not have a show at the Esquire. There's an Illinois basketball game against Miami at the uh, State Farm Center that tips shortly after 6 o'clock. So the pregame coverage will begin at 4.30, the basketball game at 6. Thanks to Chris Thomas for coming in, uh, talking about Illinois volleyball. Congratulations as well to the uh, Parkland College Cobras finishing runner-up in the national tournament of junior college, 57-3 and on the season. And to quote our friend, a possible quote of our friend Ron Zook, 57-3 and is hard to do against the air. Right, correct. <laughs> He's our friend. He is our friend. I, I, just said, I didn't say possible friend. Right. I meant possible quote. Gotcha. He would say something like that. Some version of that. Yeah, yes. no, it was, a, it was an incredible season for, uh, for Parkland Volleyball, which we've come to expect. Uh, around these parts. Cliff Hastings just finished off his 11th year, and uh, they've finished no worse than fourth at the national tournament in every year since 2012. And they were up uh, two sets to one against Scottsdale, Arizona in the national championship match on Saturday night, and then uh, couldn't close it out, lost the final two sets, but still an incredible year. A uh, handful of local products on the team as well, so uh, he's getting it done with uh, players in and around East Central Illinois, and would not be shocked to see them back in the national championship match next season. I think Scottsdale cheated, clearly. I'm just guessing. Who cheated? Scottsdale cheated. Well, their nickname is the Fighting Artichokes. Well, they cheated. So. They cheated. They paid the refs. Hey, if that's your nickname, you better be good. Exactly. <laughs> that's uh, that's true. I had to triple check that uh, once I found it's that out. It's an awesome sure. nickname. It's, it's different, that's for sure. Ban- banana slugs, also similar. We're going... Sorry, Steve. Fast downhill, so rescue us, Steve. Steve's cue here, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Anybody here in Iowa City over the weekend? Scott and Bob were, so was Ed and Steve. Yeah, I think we were there. We were there. I wasn't. Not a bad football game, a game that was there for the taking. Should have. Illinois should have won that game. They really should have. Made some odd decisions coaching-wise. Made some plays that didn't go there where obviously – you can't lose their turnover battle in that game. If they are even in that game, 1-1 one, one, or 3-3 three, three or whatever, I think Illinois wins the game. But they made some odd choices at the end of the first half. Lovey Smith admitted post-game, I messed up. He didn't say the word I would use, but he messed up. And uh, he definitely, at, at the time of the game, at halftime, Scott could Lauren see what Lauren threw at the TV. And I assume he was pretty angry, and he was pretty angry. He was basically wondering what was going on. I have the same feeling. Lauren probably said something like, that has never happened in the history of college football. Right. <laughs> well, Back-to-back uh, timeouts. Yeah, expletive, expletive, expletive. Right, so bad words. You can look it up. <laughs> well, it was just, uh, just, it was almost like they didn't know how, how football works. So that's kind of what, I said that out loud. It's like they don't understand the game. If they're calling timeouts and not running a play and, I, honestly, Levy Smith said the smartest thing post game. He said, "I would have punted in hindsight." And actually, if, if he had punted, that changes the game. Maybe they were arguing over that. And well, they shouldn't do. He's the head coach. He should figure it out. I think uh, Lauren and I talk about this a lot. Defensive-minded head coaches have issues at the end of halves or at the end of games. Honestly, with how to handle the clock. I think an off- offensive-minded coach is always thinking about the clock. Defensive-minded coaches are thinking how to run out the clock. So it's a different mindset, and I think in this case it hurt, hurt Illinois. Now, Lovey Smith's probably won games because 
because of his defensive expertise. But this, in this case, I think he really hurt the team a lot by not making the right decisions. Well, and Rod Smith sort of explained that whole scenario at the end of the first half uh, today. Um, the first time out, they were discussing whether or not to kick a field goal, and it had been about a 55-yarder for James McCourt. The wind was in his face. Right. They thought that was going to push him you know, back out of his range. And by the time they had come to that conclusion, they were going to get hit with a you know, delay of game, so they called another timeout. Then all Ratsmith said is he wished he would have called a better play, and then you just can't take a sack. Because well, you know, Brandon Peters got sacked for a 14-yard loss, and that just put Iowa even closer to you know, getting into field goal range. And the fact that they were able to turn it around in 16 seconds, add three more points, it changed the – I mean, it changed the outcome of the game, probably. I like a punt. I, I think I think Levy Smith's right. Punt the ball. Kick it down there. Don't let Iowa score a late field goal because they really hurt. The difference between 10-7 and 13-7 was significant. So I think they made a bad choice, but, again, that's what you learn from. I think if you go back to Ron Zucker, Ron Zucker uh, he had a couple plays like that that he would have liked to have had back. But ultimately, they end up – Recovering for the, the, from those games. We'll see if Illinois recovers. Uh, unfortunately, they did the same thing at the end of the first half in the Nebraska game. So I just, I just don't have much confidence in what he does at the end in, time, in terms of uh, time commitment. Well, again, and also, how is our quarterback? We don't know. I, I tried to certainly ask him and got yelled at today. So <laughs> not sure I got, quite got the answer I wanted. I basically said, how is he? mean more like in a concerned way than trying to pry information out. And I w- didn't get a response. But I, I'm, this is the guy that's had a con- con- concussion this year, had one at Michigan as well. So I think they'll be very careful with him. And there's some rules that to follow. So I don't think we'll know until Saturday. I think it sounds like Matt Robinson might be, be needed. It's my guess. Maybe the best quote of the uh, press conference might have been uh, Lovey saying, if that wasn't targeting, what is? Right. I don't know if I agree or disagree, but it was a late hit at least. Yeah, exactly. It was surprising that you didn't see a, a flag thrown on the play, and, and targeting is, is so obje- you know, subjective and, and hit or miss. There's no you know, black and white definition of what targeting is. Uh, you know, Illinois has been on the receiving end of having several players ejected for targeting over the years since the rule's been instituted, what, five, six years or so. And, and, you know, it looked like the Iowa defensive back was trying to avoid Brandon Peters, but it still looked like the crown of his helmet hit him in the sense. And also, too, the way that Peters went down. He spun around. Spun around and just kind of dropped to the ground. I think that added to the, uh, you know, the situation at all. And even if it wasn't targeting, it should have been a late hit because Peters released the ball, kind of, you know, a sidearm, almost like a Pat Mahomes-type throw. And then – you know, the defender took two steps towards him and hit him, and still no penalty was called. So, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of Illinois fans were angry uh, about that uh, non-call, along with Lovey Smith and his staff, and, and they have every reason to be. Northwestern is up next for the uh, Land of Lincoln Trophy. Illinois, an early 10-point favorite in this ball game, trying to break a four-game Northwestern winning streak. All of a sudden, this series, which was way out of whack not that many years ago, is close again. It's right. kind of three-game difference in the overall series. This will be the 113th meeting between these two teams, and uh, you know that they would like nothing better than to uh, – they won't knock Illinois out of a bowl game, obviously, but uh, certainly would put a little – take a little luster off their season if they could come down here and pull the upset, Bob. 
Oh, no question. They would love to do that. Pat Fitzgerald, this is their ball game. Just like last year, it was the Illinois ball game. And Illinois played well. I think I expect Northwestern to play well. Can they win? Of course they can win. But I think Illinois is playing a little bit better. I think they'll be able to win this game. I got a question for you guys. Is it does it, a rivalry have to be considered a rivalry by both teams? Oh, yeah. Because I'm not sure this one qualifies. I think Northwestern has always gotten up more for this game. I'm talking about my 38 years of covering Illinois football. Now, maybe that's changing. You I think it's changed because Northwestern's playing, played so well recently in this series. I think when I got here in 89, it was not a rivalry because – Illinois dominated. They won almost every year. And in the rare times they didn't win, it was not that big of a deal. But now, because Northwestern's been so good, really, under Fitzgerald, it's been become, become more of a traditional rivalry. I like, I like when teams get mad at the other team, but I don't like when they say the team up north. I don't like that. It's kind of childish. Just say the school. It's okay. You can mention Northwestern. But I asked a lot of players today, today about Northwestern. They all gave me some side comment about their color purple. They don't seem to like their color purple, which I thought was kind of funny. And I, I'm going, okay with that. I just don't like not saying the school's name. That's crazy. Just say the name. I, I, don't, I think it's a rivalry based on proximity. And right. the fact that they're two in-state teams in the Big Ten more so than, you know, any real – Animosity. It's nothing, not even mm. close to the, the they degree. They kind of know each other, though. Mm. But it's I mean, nothing close to the degree of Ohio State, Michigan, or even Indiana, Purdue, or Maryland, Penn State, where there's some real, you know, this is more of just that, oh, Evanston's two hours away. They're in Illinois. Champagne's, you know, where it's at, it's in Illinois. I, I don't think it's a big, I get why you want to call it a rivalry game, but it doesn't have the. It's, it feels more. It doesn't feel like an authentic rivalry. It should be because Northwestern is now recruiting against Illinois. They're getting kids that Illinois would like to get. There's some great players in the state this year that are not coming here. They're going there. So from my vantage point, it should be a game that Illinois really cares about and the fans really care about. But it doesn't because Northwestern. We got to be honest about that. They're in similar situations in terms of crowds as Illinois right now. They're not drawing people, even though they've been really good the last 10, 10 years, but they're still not drawing fans. They may never draw fans. I think at Illinois, they start winning. Illinois will draw. They'll fill the place up, and it'll be a different game. That game will feel differently. But the fact that it's on this weekend is always going to be hard from a crowd standpoint. Kids are out of town. It's, it's hard. Saturday is senior day. 17 seniors will be making uh, their last appearance at Memorial Stadium. That game Kicks off at 11 o'clock at uh, Memorial Stadium, as we mentioned, and Illinois goes in as a favorite of about 10 points. We'll talk some Illinois basketball when we come back. We'll take any football questions if you still have some here at the Esquire, but we'll take a break and be back with more Monday Night Sports Talk after this. It's Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Try their famous burgers or specialty pizzas while you watch the game. Welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire with you another, oh, 14, 15 minutes or so here in downtown Champaign. Steve Kelly, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen with you. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Let's talk some basketball. More honors today for the big freshman, Kofi Coburn, the freshman of the week for the second straight week, and for the first time, Scott Ritchie, the player of the week. He's good. Well, he earned it uh, with his play. Um, 
in all three games. Only played last week. I mean, he set a new freshman record with 17 rebounds. Um, just keeps racking up double doubles. I mean, he's got one in every game this year except for uh, the Arizona game. And I mean, I'd say he's. I, mean, I thought he was going to be pretty good coming in the season, but he's been much better than I even anticipated. I mean, obviously he's you know in the last week you know put in a lot of work against some six seven centers. So players are going to get bigger uh, and pretty soon. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he fares. You know, once there's some some actual size you know to, to go up against him but uh the way he's playing i think you know that type of production maybe not 18 and 17 or 20 and 12 every night but uh double double seems to be kind of just the benchmark something else that is hard to do against air is to score 120 points in a ball game and they did that uh, kind of easily last night or last uh, saturday night yeah, and I uh, got a chance to at least listen to the game on the drive back from Iowa City. And, uh, I mean, no turnovers in the first half was uh, a serious boost for Illinois. And they had 29 assists for the game. And, you know, they got out in transition, you know, shared the ball. So, I mean, those are things you have to do to score 120 points. And I think the last three halves they've shot 60% or better from the field. So, yeah, that, that'll get the job done. And a shout-out to one of our regulars here in the uh, house tonight. Jim Quinlan is with us. Jim is over here. He's with us every week. Happy birthday, Jim. Happy birthday, Jim. He is, he is even par today, right? <laughs> 72, even par. Doesn't look a day over 30. <laughs> He's not fessing up to anything. <laughs> Got a caller. Carl is with us on the line. Go ahead, Carl. Yeah, I just wanted to point out that thing about not naming the schools, Pat Fitzgerald started that a few years ago. I think it goes back before him, actually. Well, he's the guy I first heard it from when he said the team down in Champaign. I don't know. Well, it also dates back to Woody Hayes, Bo Schimbeck, that era of Big Ten football as well. I call that childish. All right. It's me. Sorry, Bob. That's all right. I got another birthday at the same table. Tim is ha- having a birthday today as well. So that's why I wondered why they had so many pitchers at that table tonight. <laughs> I was kind of wondering. It's pop. I was actually kind of wondering what they were looking at there. <laughs> they they didn't uh, offer to share that as I walked by. But Illinois back in action tomorrow night against Lindenwood out of St. Charles, Missouri. I was down in St. Charles yesterday, not to see Lindenwood at all, see my family. They're, uh, you know, they're eagerly anticipating this, this matchup with the Illini. Are they? I don't know. I'm just I mean, making all this up. I mean, Lindenwood's a Division II team, uh, so whatever the result, uh, probably an Illinois win, let's we'll just be honest. Uh, doesn't affect RPI or NCAA tournament resume or anything. It does go in the win-loss column. Uh, I don't know. It's a game on the schedule that they're going to play. I don't know if there's a lot to, to get up for about this one. Uh, other than a chance, maybe Illinois scores 120 again because uh, uh, they should have the talent advantage. Uh, but at Lindenwood, uh, they're going to shoot a bunch of threes. Their center, quote-unquote, is 6'5". Um, at least the, their starting center. They do bring 6'8 uh, freshman off the bench, and they have a 7-footer who's not eligible. He just transferred, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so... Either Kofi's going to dunk on a bunch of short guys again or Lyndon Wood will be the first team to figure out how to pull him away from the basket. 
I'm probably going to say the former is more likely than the latter. Is it legal to put one guy on top of another guy? <laughs> is that possible? Could you do that? That's how, they, well, that's how they played basketball for you growing up in Nebraska, right, Bob? Of course. That, why not? But is that possible? Could they do that? As long as there's only five on the court uh, at one I'm time, sure. would be the uh, way to go. So the biggest challenge for Illinois tomorrow night is to not overlook <laughs> Yeah, Lewis. I mean, especially after you know dropping 120 on Hampton. Uh, I mean, Lindenwood does have uh, a guard, a TJ Crockett, who's averaging 28 points a game. And they did just play uh, Bellarmine, who's a division number three Division two team in the country that's going to make the move to D1, I think, in a year or two. So played them close, but I don't know. It's, again, a game on the schedule. That's Lind- Lindenwood is better, though, than TBA, which was the opponent for this Yeah, and well, I mean, while it was TBA, though, that I could at least hold out the hope that, like, someone cool was going to come to Champaign. But, and Lindenwood, I mean, they're cool. I don't know. But it's, again, a Division two opponent, and it's not – overly exciting it's kind of unusual to play a division two opponent at this point in the schedule you know maybe back when you were playing lewis you could play him back to back but uh well it's actually the this will be the third time in four years Illinois played a non-d1 in november Uh, they beat mckendry two years or yeah no augustana two years ago by 38 and then mckendry three years ago scored 112 so there you go uh i think they beat him by like 49. Need to take one final break. We'll do that now. Be back with some final words on Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. Stay with us. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Back with you here at the Esquire for another uh, three minutes or so. A reminder, we're not here next week because of Illinois basketball, the Illini and uh, Miami. Big Ten ACC Challenge. So the competition is going to get a little stiffer here with that game, but more so the game after that, uh, a week from Saturday at Maryland. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, actually a run of kind of interesting games with Miami, Maryland, then Michigan. Uh, Old Dominion's a a really good mid-major team, and then uh, Missouri. Missouri. You probably all have heard of that team there. There's some interest in that game. But, yeah, that's going to be a better – Example of maybe where Illinois basketball is than the three games they played last week or uh, tomorrow's game against Division Two Lindenwood. You're a Heisman voter too, Scott. I hear. Yeah, brand do, new. Do tell the audience. Uh, I don't know. I just got the vote today, uh, so. I, he uh, knows. He knows people. Yeah. Well, he I knows know, Bob. I know Bob, <laughs> <laughs> who's the the Heisman I'm voting the, power broker in Illinois. In Illinois, yeah. So I can give you all. Heisman Bob, don't you say this. I can't do that, actually. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I've got, uh, what, three weeks, uh, essentially, to time. figure out who I'm going to vote for. Yeah. Um, did, any, did any Illinois football players today know about that and try to? No, vote? they know better. No. One also, there's just there's not one. Yeah. Right. Is, uh, there, is there one in the Big Ten? Oh, yeah. There, yeah, I mean, oh, I yeah. think, I mean, I can't ever say who I voted for until the, the winner's announced, but I can say who I'm considering, and in the Big Ten... I mean, I think at the top of my list is Chase Young. I mean, he's a defensive end, so he's not going to win uh, because, well, no one besides quarterbacks are ever going to win. It's the Heisman, the Heisman Trophy for quarterbacks. Now. I'd go different position. I'd go, I would go quarterback. I think the guy at Ohio State has got a chance. Yeah. What, what's I his mean, name, Bob? I can't remember. Justin Fields. <laughs> but, and then there's a former Ohio State quarterback, Joe Burrow. At he's LSU, got a great, great who, chance. He's got a chance. Uh, Oklahoma's won the last two with – 
Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, they might win another with Jalen Hurts. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, basically I have to vote. I mean, I don't have to vote for a quarterback. But no, if I want to pick know. the winner, I have to vote for a quarterback. Yeah. So Good you, luck with that. You just found out recently that you have a vote. I found out about 11.30 this morning right. okay. <laughs> that I have a vote. So, so. we've got two. The News Gazette's got two votes. We run the country, basically, in football, as we should. Yeah, exactly. So do your research, boys. I will. Yeah. Hey, we appreciate you listening. Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. A reminder, we will not be here next week. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, and we appreciate you listening on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks to Ed Bond for his help here at the Esquire and Tamara McDaniel for her help back at the studio. Steve Kelly, talk to you soon here on DWS. Have a good night, everybody. Lovey Smith Show coming up at 7 o'clock.